brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Now let's talk about something we can all use something more of right now. Sex. Great sex. Put it like this, we're all on lockdown right now. Uh, Because of that, it really cuts into our time of what we like to do. We can't go to parties, can't go to the cinema, can't go to concerts, basically can't, can't, just can't do nothing. So what else is there better to do? You stay at home and you do what it is that you always want to do. Sex. And what better way to do that than by taking blue chew and really, really going for it. It's not like you got to get up in the morning to go into the office. Well, guys, you can now increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed there, man. Listen up. Go to bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Well, blue chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even if you've got a full stomach, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is made in the USA. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor or wait in line. It's even cheaper than a pharmacy, and... They prepare and ship it right to you in a discreet package. No awkwardness. You don't need to leave the house. If you personally can benefit more from conference work counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance and penis. Well, right now we've got a special uh, deal for It's Susie Hello listeners and only It's Susie Hello. It'll never work on any other show apart from the H-Mans. 
Visit bluechew.com. Get your first shipment free. That means for nothing. When you use the promo code HELLO, as in it's usually hello, all you have to do is pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B L U E com. Use the promo code HELLO to get it for free. Why not? It's free. You might as well try it. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you, in turn, help make this podcast possible. So please be sure to use our promo code HELLO at BlueChew.com. Thank you, Blue Chew, and on with the show. Want to buy wrestling merch but don't want to buy the cheesy or childish stuff the WWE puts out? Well, Collar and Elbow is the company for you. Collar and Elbow was founded on the traditional values of professional wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product intended to connect with people on an emotional level. A symbiotic relationship where one cannot flourish without the other. They strive to create a product that embodies their passion for professional wrestling through street fashion. Basically, it's wrestling merchandise that you can wear in public that doesn't make you look like a total nerdy mark. This is great stuff. I've bought a bunch of it myself. I wear it myself quite often. And when you go to buy it, don't forget to use the coupon code HUGY. That's H-U-G-H-E-Z-Y, all in capital letters, to let them know that you heard about it through me. That's Collar and Elbow, use the coupon code HUGY. And do not forget to tell your friends, because this is the best merchandise company you're going to find anywhere. It's usually hello and there's a little break to the usual format of the interviews we're going for one of the all-powerful music debates and of course we're going very very obscure this time with a little known band called ACDC. That's one of my hilarious jokes that people laugh at so much. The joke being that ACDC actually are the biggest band on the planet and I'm acting as if nobody has ever heard of them. That's hilarious, I'm hilarious, and hopefully the comedy maintains at such a high level onwards. But before we get to that, it is time for the plugs. Do not forget to go check out Hugie Entertainment for the video version of tonight's podcast. And of all previous guests, I will go through the names, but I'm actually not going to. That's up to you. Just check the iTunes page, the speaker page, or just go to fucking... Hughie Entertainment for a nosy because you want to see what's there. Speaking of YouTube, if you happen to be a fan of professional wrestling, but you want to hear it spoken about by the experts, then go check out Keeping It 100 Official on YouTube. That's the official YouTube channel for the controversial podcast hosted by Disco Inferno and the legendary best friend of mine, Conan. 
if you're on social media and you want to follow me or interact with me, then find me at, at @hugey on Twitter and at @hugey on Instagram. Like, retweet, post all my shit, do whatever it is I need to get bigger so that I can talk to people that I think that are better than you are. And I have to say that as this is a musical episode, any and all clips you may hear, well, if you want to buy them and you want to support those artists, then you can get them from all good official music stores and streaming sites. And as my personal review, as I'm sure you would think, I think that they're all five-star brilliant, and I wouldn't use them if I didn't think they're anything less than five stars. So thank you, and the plugs are over. Okay, so as we've said, this is an ACDC special with the great John Paws, the workaholic from the two-man empire. If you don't know who ACDC are, I'm really shocked that you'd be listening to this. Doesn't make any sense, nor does it make any sense that I'm still talking about this. I should have, you know, deleted the thought of something else as the intro, but whatever. But as a little taster for newcomers, if you don't know what ACDC sound like, well, why don't you shove this one up your jumper?
what a tune that was and why did I select that song well because that song does not appear in the top 5 debate with the great John Paws which we are about to get to right now ACDC are the greatest band of all time I think if you want to really enjoy this one maybe crack open a beer maybe have a smoke and just imagine that you're at an arena, at a stadium getting ready to watch possibly the greatest hard rock band in the world but enough about that, it's time for the debate from the great John Paws. Hello. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As a long-time old-school uh, pro wrestling fan, the one thing that is ruined with wrestling in my opinion, is the fans. It went from being a great party to being a ridiculous fan fest of people who take it way, way too seriously. And what better the fucking way to get a party started is than ACDC. And speaking of pro wrestling, the guest today, the non-stop workaholic, we're going to do a debate, the great John Pozorowski. John, how are you doing today? Doing very good. Thank you uh, for having me on. I just have a question for you about the show. Oh, yes. So very Seinfeld-esque of me. I'm thinking in my head. Is it It's Yuzi Hello or It's Yuzi Hello? You know what I mean? Which How does it go, you know? Uh, it kind of depends on the mood of the show. You know, it's actually kind of, a, I wouldn't say funny or interesting story or even a good story at all. <laughs> but uh, I got it. Uh, it's Yuzi Hello from I used to steal clips from podcasts and I'd put them on YouTube back during the, the very lucrative monetization days yep. but to fuck other people over from stealing from me even though I'd already stolen the clip I would put It's Yuzi Hello <laughs> at, at certain points during it so if anybody copied the audio it's ruining it for them so they can't build an audience while I don't give a fuck because I don't listen to that shit Yep. There you nice. go. Wow, good backstory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't like that. I only tell it to black people. So, you know. <laughs> uh, what uh, the question I've got for you before we get started, and this is a groundbreaking question. Nobody's ever thought of this kind of question before. This is probably going to get this episode 7 million downloads within the first 20 minutes of release. So, John, 
how long have you been a fan of ACDC? Oh, man. Been a fan probably since, I'd say, the early 90s. So probably going on about 30 years, for sure, just as far as, like, a hardcore fan. A uh, buddy of mine that was, was a big fan, but really his older brother um, got us into it. And, you know, he would drive us around and stuff, and he'd always have it on or always play it. And you knew, like, the big songs. You knew, like, the important songs and, you know, the big hits, if you will. You know, shook me all night long, stuff like that. But, man, he would put on all the razor's edge and all the albums you maybe didn't really hear or didn't get critical acclaim or aren't on the radio. So probably since about 90 or so, so probably like 30 years, maybe a little bit more of listening to them for sure. Yeah. I, w- I was a casual fan ever since I was a kid, but then, and it's actually fairly recently. Well, when I say that it's, it's not when I'm about to say what I'm going to say. It was announced that uh, the soundtrack to Iron Man 2 was also going to be the greatest hits of ACDC. Mm-hmm. And I'm a Marvel... I'm gayer than Freddie Mercury for Dick than I am for Marvel. I can't get enough of it. I'll go on and on about it, but yeah. So when they said, oh yeah, it's ACDC's going to be the soundtrack, I, I thought well, a new album or a, a, I would call it the, I mean, a compilation. And so I thought... That's cool as fuck. I remember the album cover came out. It was it was Iron Man and War Machine under the ACDC logo, and the whole thing was shiny. And I was like, this is fucking incredible. So the album came out about two months before the film. So it's coming up in 11 years, because it came out 2010. And uh, two-month anniversaries, and I mean... Uh, what? It's co- in two months' time, it will be the 11-year anniversary. That's right. what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> and I listen to that album every fucking day. And it's because of ACDC that I was able to get in shape. Because uh, I, at the time, was uh, just pushing 260. Oh. Oh, yeah. I loved a lot of sandwiches and a lot of sitting down. So I got the album, and I noticed that I was listening to ACDC a lot. Because it was download, listening to this stuff, downloading all the classic albums, and I said, "Right, new rule: I can only listen to ACDC while I'm working out, or if I've worked out." So, thanks to ACDC, I dropped a shit ton of weight and went completely deaf really quickly. <laughs> hey, you know who else uh, works out and listens to ACDC? Vince McMahon. So, well, you're well, in good company. Yeah. Well, we, me and him have a lot in common. We we both enjoy working out. We both like ACDC. We both have sex with Sable. And, you know, on and on and on. Yep. Um, yeah, it's a pre- pretty good uh, company to be in. Yeah, and just before we get into the ACDC section, uh, John, of course, has about, I think, 79 podcasts. Uh, one of your more recent ones, which blew my mind, was that you got to interview uh, Xavier Woods from uh, New Day or whatever his real name is. The, the thing, like, tell me how the fuck that happened. Uh, I just literally, I probably message everybody or I somehow have a connection. It's weird. Like, somehow you went from, like, no Rolodex. This is, like, six years ago when I started. No Rolodex and just, like, grew the Rolodex into this big thing. So it's like, all right, this person get me in here. This person get me in here. This person. So basically message somebody else to message him. And he said it was okay to message him. So I messaged him. 
And we were just kind of talking, and he's like, uh, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I just want to do an interview. He's like, well, I don't want it to be just WWE-centric. I'm going for this G4 thing, so I want to talk video games. I was like, sure, let's just lead with that. If we talk wrestling, we'll roll into wrestling, too. So he literally has said before we started, there was no like time constraints. So I was able to go probably like an hour and 20, something like that. A little bit longer than normal WWE interviews uh, typically typically go, but... He just said he he was okay to do it. We're going to talk G four. We'll talk wrestling. Whatever you know, wanted to do, and really just went from there. But it's one of those things where it's like I literally try everybody. If I can message this person to get to that person, or just even message them, get a no or get ignored, whatever. I'll move on to the next person. But I just messaged someone. That person messaged him. He said it was okay for me just to reach out to him, and I did, and just kind of hit the um, you know ball rolling from right there. Uh, and just as you mentioned, video games and wrestling. Uh, when I one of the times I interviewed my nemesis at Disco Inferno, you probably don't know him, but he's a small little guy. I could kick his head in, and I will whenever I see him. I'm gonna Richard Ramirez his face. Uh, the we had this conversation where I said that I think that the video games had more of an effect on the Monday Night Wars than the actual TV shows because. Uh, those games were so fucking good, like uh, bloody children today. Uh, they won't understand that we were we were there for the technology change. We're used to just be two flat characters punching and kicking. To wait a minute, three D fucking models that can do uh, that can climb up the ropes and there's cage matches, ladder matches, all this shit. Like we were there for the change, and I think that those games bumped up the viewing figures because it's not like one one game you'd be playing Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat but this other game like a Smackdown or a WCW it's like wait a minute these guys are real and they have a TV show so I can actually watch The Rock versus Triple H for real it's like yeah it's on fucking Thursday night it's like holy shit I've got to tune in so uh, what's your take on that very short question <laughs> I don't know. I, I used to love the video games. I got I probably haven't played video games in 20 years, so I have no idea if WWE is still good at video games or not. But I remember like the No Mercy game, the WWE versus the world. There was a bunch of games. Nitro, they even had a game. I mean, there was a bunch of games I liked. They were pretty good. But I know for us, we were we would play the games, and we were more obsessed with like the backyard wrestling. So who would be Hall or Nash or Hogan? Like we would be obsessive over who gets to be what guy, and kind of then we would create our own characters. And we would like basically copy off of those guys and do our own thing. So I don't know. I guess you both kind of have a point, but I don't know. I might have to go with Disco here. I think I wanted to be the guys more than uh, more than play the video games. We would we want to like act it out and pretend we were the guys. Yeah, but th- those games, like e- even today, if I had a computer, that there was not what I still love doing with like SmackDown uh, one, which I think was just called SmackDown. Is it being some friends would get really high and play four-way ladder matches, which because, and you'd have the multiplayer, and they would go on for like 50 minutes. And in a way, uh, some manly burp in there. In a way, I think that that gaming logic is what went into the ring as years later, because now it's like, no sell, do a crazy fucking move, no sell it, do another crazy fucking move, and it's all just like, like I get that it's work, but the the fakeness of it has become so obvious that they might as well fucking wrestle ice cream. 
Yeah, that part is definitely true. They've turned it into a complete, complete video game. Bing, bang, boom, no cell, flip, up. They kill the person just like a video game. You kill the person, they should be laid out. No psychology. Obviously, you just get right back up. Or, you know, I've seen some of the guys literally just like, whatever, not to say ricochet, but ricochet off the rope, do some weird flip fall on their head get back up two seconds later no sell it like it is like a video game they definitely stole a lot of the moves for video games i know that yeah i remember this is one of the things that stuck out to me the most this was in the uh the tna days when russo was there and there was a completely random four-way ladder match that happened on on an episode of the tna show and it was like six minutes long (laughs) <laughs> and and it had no like the the winner got nothing. It was just a four way ladder match, and I just remember thinking that's from a video game because that because that could happen in the game. And yeah, um, oh yeah, yeah. And I I just think that. But the the other thing is, I think that I, it's all about the gifts, and I think that there's too much nerd culture brought into wrestling, so it's become very uncool. And like I said in the intro. Now that there's fans coming back for uh, WrestleMania, what I think WWE and these companies need to do is advertise it as a fun night out. Not like, come see the the world champion in his fucking seventh match against whoever the fuck he's feuding with. It's got to be like, hey guys, have you been stuck in the house for too long? You you haven't been going out with your friends. Why don't you come to WWE and cheer the hero and boo the bad guy, have a drink take photos, take videos, see the women, see the crazy stunts. This is fun instead of like, it's real. Yeah. It's honestly, the nerd culture is definitely killing it. And like them, like either wanting to whack off to it or cry to it just pisses me off. And I think disco, I don't know if it was on Conan show or if it was with Russo was literally like reading what I just read. Some idiot fan were like, Oh, they had a this great callback. There's something that happened a year ago and blah, blah. I was like, they did not do a callback. That was the guy's finishing move. And it just happened to happen that way. You know what I mean? Like the, the stuff that they just make up in their head, like, Oh, that was happened because this happened. Like now that they don't really think that far back. Usually, nowadays it's just like they try to turn it into their own little creative like storyline and try to like make it emotional and then try to say like oh this was so great i could whack off to it like it just i don't know it's just the nerds they killed wrestling to me anyway it's like man like it's it just become so like almost uncool when back in the 90s obviously and even the 80s it was so cool to be a fan and to like wrestling yeah like that's that's what i, I always say to people because uh there's people today go, oh, wrestling stinks, wrestling stinks. And, I, and I'm like, back in the day, The Rock was basically the modern version of Muhammad Ali. And I know how dramatic that sounds, but I'm talking about the, with just immediate charisma. And, I mean, The Rock only wrestled for four years. I did that for four years. <laughs> like, end the 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000. Then he went part time and he was done. Like it, it, his career was so fucking short. Yeah, it is crazy to think that you like when we're a fan, we think like his career lasted forever. It is short. Even Austin's run on top. I mean, he wrestled for a long, but even Austin's run on top was very short. But it felt so long because it was so good. And I just remember even being in school at that point, everyone was obsessed with wrestling. They would always talk about it. It wasn't like oh, you know, it's wrestling blah blah. You know, we we had the wrestling shirts on and stuff. It was so cool. It was like, oh my God, did you see what Austin did last night? He destroyed Vince's Corvette or, you know, whatever it was. Oh, did you see The Rock's promo last night? That's hilarious. He's calling that guy a hermaphrodite and calling him Hermie and like all this other stuff. So, man, it was it was so much different, so much cooler. The guys were just so much better. They had 
such charisma, larger than life. I mean, you just literally wanted to be those guys, and they were so damn cool. Yeah, uh, but speaking of so damn cool, the main reason why John Paws is here, because <clears throat> I said pause, <laughs> bringing the laughter. We're here to debate the legendary ACDC and do a, a top five episode. So uh, how easy or how difficult was it for you to create your list? Literally, it was impossible because it's funny because in my head, whenever I'm playing songs on my uh, my iPad, I always try to put on like my favorite songs of ACDC first and like, you know, just like kind of fool around as I'm driving. Because Sometimes I take long trips. I'm like, oh, I'm going to put it in some sort of order or try, try to make it a little bit of a list. And it always changes. So it was crazy. And I purposely kept out all the top popular songs that people would know, even though I love those songs. Like for those about to rock is one of my favorite songs, but I wouldn't put it on there because it's almost too popular. You know what I mean? Maybe that's bad thinking on my part, but sometimes I don't want to go too popular and hit you with the hits. So it was pretty uh, hard to figure out, but I went with a, a lot of my rare favorite songs that I just absolutely love that maybe people might not even know, but they're awesome. And I think of the top ACDC songs. And that's that's kind of the fun about it because there's a lot of people out there who love ACDC but don't know album tracks because sadly ACDC's become one of those bands that as much as I love them, uh, they're going to play the same songs at every gig no matter what. Like If you're expecting obscure ACDC, uh, you're going to be sadly disappointed. But then... As soon as I get to see them live again, I don't give a fuck. They can play whatever they want as long as I'm uh, off my face. No time like the present to begin. Uh, So, John, what have you got in there at number five as the greatest ACDC song of all time? So I went off of the Razor's Edge album. I love Razor's Edge, but I didn't put that one. Got You by the Balls. I just love that song. I love just like, I don't know, I love the intro of it. I love how it kind of, you know slowly hits you like hey mr business man like it's very kind of slow but then boom it nails you so i did i just love acdc and so many people say oh they're all their songs sound alike i disagree you have to have good ears you gotta be listening they do not all sound alike and this one definitely sounds different than a lot of the rest uh, what was your take on the razor's ads album i feel like it is so underrated i just love so many songs and even for christmas my wife hates it but i always play mistress for christmas you know you have to play it on christmas <laughs> Uh, that and the Hanukkah song by Adam Sandler is just too must on Christmas. Uh, but I feel like it's underrated. Razor's Edge itself is an awesome song. And um, that damn song on SmackDown that um, that now that you know now everyone knows and that they play all the time. But it's just like one of those things. It's like, man, I love that album, but nobody talks about it. It came out in 1990. So it's like, I feel like it should be a little bit more popular, but nobody ever mentions that album for whatever reason. I love that album. And and weirdly, Razor's Edge is the is the most important album in ACDC's career because they had a, a pretty rough eighties, which is yeah so weird considering Back and Black started it. But yeah. Razor's Edge came out and was huge, and uh, it enabled them to then become the type of band that they are now, where they put out one new album every f- five to seven years do stadium tours and they continue to go but uh, I like Razor's Edge I love the title track and this song while I don't know it very very well it's good it's, it's definitely an underrated one because Fire Your Guns is on that album is awesome Money Talks is on that album which is awesome obviously Are You Ready but everyone knows Are You Ready because it's Smackdown honestly in my head I was thinking 
Vince McMahon definitely was like listening to her working out. He's like, that's the new Fox song. There we go. Like getting, you know, getting all pumped up. ACDC just recently, excuse me. I'm not going to edit that out. I'm going to wangle in this podcast. (laughs) Uh, ACDC just released a new album, which was amazingly good. And speaking of that album, the first song I'm putting on my top five list opens that album. I'm going with Realize. Ooh, I was just going to say, it might be my favorite song on that album. Nice. Yeah, I fucking... Black Ice, I liked. Rock or Bust, I liked. But they weren't exactly groundbreaking. It just seemed like this is the new batch of songs to put out so they could do another stadium tour. And the fact is that when they did the Black Ice tour and the Rock or Bust tour, they barely played any of the new stuff. So uh, as much as I did, well, I didn't hit any of the new albums. It's like, they're not exactly must-haves. Uh, but this album came out power up and it's one of my favorite ACDC albums. Like, it's so fucking good. And the songs are so much energy. And this song in particular is fucking, I remember hearing it for the first time and just being like, this is one of the best songs they've ever done on the first listen. Uh, what's your take on Realize? Man, I love that song. I love the whole album, but I do love that song. I love when an album, especially ACDC, they hit you with a really good one to start it because it kind of gets you going. Like even Black Ice, Rock and Roll Train, I, I love that song. So like once you know, once they hit you with a good song to start it, it's great. Realize is awesome. I feel like Power Up maybe uh, should get a little bit more recognition for a great album. I, I didn't hear too much high praise for it, but it should have gotten more. Great song. Great choice. Kind I of think, didn't think you'd go so new, though. Oh, no. This album, I got it on Christmas Day, and I must have played it three, four times back to back. It's just because I'm so... Uh, I listen to a lot of music, but I really, really don't like much modern stuff. So when you can at least get an old school act that still does relevant shit, that like I've, it's really when they're back on tour, and hopefully it's early next year, uh, I can see this opening the show mm-hmm. and I can see me shitting, coming and pissing at the same time. <laughs> did you ever see the stadium tour of Black Ice? Did you ever go? Uh, I didn't see that one, no. Best intro ever. Uh, yes. I've, been some, I've been to some really good concerts. So they put up on the video screen, it's Angus you know, as the devil and these two it's a cartoon, but in this huge screen, it like best drawing you've ever seen. And these two women with huge boobs are following him throughout the train, and they're oh. like trying, they're like trying to crash the train. So you know, he, they're driving the train, they're going through, and he's trying to like save the train. And all of a sudden, boom! On the screen, it completely blows up. Smoke, fireworks, everything goes off, and an actual physical train comes through the screen, blows up, and like a little, like an actual train turns from cartoon to real. I was like, holy shit, how the fuck did they do that? Holy shit. And then, boom, they come out. They go, rock and roll train. I was like, and I, you don't even see them come out. They just appear. You're like, holy shit. Like, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Holy shit. Their production value is the best. Them and Kiss is the best. Yeah, but that, that's the thing about ACDC is that I think a lot of people out there don't understand that they are the biggest band in the world. Like, they're bigger than the Rolling Stones or you 2 Like, it's just that they they seem to vanish for so long that people forget. Yeah. But then when they do stuff like Black Ice, where people are like, they just crash the fucking train to open the show. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of awesome, what did we get in there at uh, number four? 
This is a very, very rare one. And the lyrics to the song, possibly the greatest lyrics to any song of all time, from Ball Breaker, The Honey Roll. What's your take on the, the Ball Breaker album? Honestly, and I was literally, I think it was last week, my buddy who actually got me, him and his brother who got me really into ACDC, was just talking to him. And I said, what's the best album? And he said, well, it's Back in Black, but I know you're going to say it's something else because you don't want to sound like generic. So I said, all right, Back in Black for sure. You can't argue that. But my favorite album is probably Ball Breaker. I don't know why. I just love it so much. Um, Hail Caesar is awesome. Uh, obviously, The Honey Roll is awesome. Burning Alive, which is another song I debated putting on here, I absolutely love. I just, I don't know. For some reason, that album, and I don't know what it is, something hits with me. There's a little bit of like twang to it. There's a little bit of almost like they do a little bit of country. And like Burning Alive, you almost hear like a little bit of a twang. So just something about that album just hit me, and I just love it. It's, my, it's probably either first or second favorite ACDC album. Yeah, there's a, there's a version of uh, the, the title track, Ball Breaker, uh, a live oh, of version. Course, breaker. Yep. Yeah, there's a live version of it on what's it called? Backtracks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's so unbelievably good. And you just want to go to Angus and go, hey, Dwarf, why isn't this fucking <laughs> song on every gig since? You haven't played it yep. uh, in almost 20 or 30 years, you fucking ugly bastard. And it's funny, too, because that song you would think would be, it, you know, title track, everything it should be kind of. Elevated. I love that song too. It's so good. That that uh, backtrack thing is awesome. Yeah, but I I have to say though, as, as an album, Ballbreaker wasn't wasn't for me. Like uh, Hard as a Rock and Covered in Oil, the, the singles were just sort of like it's like they're trying so hard to be like dirty old man. If you think, mm-hmm. eh. well, well, Honey Roll is literally dirty old man. Like the. You know, it, literally, he goes, bend over, I'm going to put my five inches, you know, what I mean, like, going to put you, you know, five inches. I was like, oh, my God, like, very, very crude stuff. But even Hard as a Rock, I like covering you all, but the, on the CD, if you like, we're going to name all the songs, I'd probably put those two in the bottom part of this, the album. I love the Fuhrer. That song is awesome, which has that, like, little twang to it, too. So, I don't know, something about that album always struck me. Maybe it could be the time period that I started listening to it in the mid to late 90s, but it's just, I don't know, I love that album. Well, in at number four, I'm going for a song that's not on any ACDC album. I'm going with Big Gum. Whoa, you're going to steal my thunder coming up. Damn. Uh, Last action hero. Yeah. uh, Which, A, by the way, very underrated film. Uh, Anybody who doesn't like Last Action Hero, I hope you die. I I will make one point about Last Action Hero, though. Daniel Madigan, that little shit, he's annoying, and the old man is annoying. But that mo- Arnold is so good, and the villain is so good. Love that movie. I think I have it somewhere. I know, I and I have backtrack somewhere back there. But yeah, uh, love that movie. Yeah, and the the woman playing uh, uh, Arnold's daughter, Bang. <laughs> of course, Sonya uh, Blade. I believe, if, if I remember correctly, isn't there an awesome Megadeth and Anthrax song on that album too? If I remember correctly. Uh, there is, but I fucking hate Megadeth. Oh, the 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 one of the very rare bands where, where I don't like one song by them. Yeah. I just I just don't get it. Symphony, Symphony of Destruction now doesn't do it for you. None of it, and I've heard so much of their stuff. But yeah, regarding Big Gun, uh, this is one of these songs that it was a huge hit for them, and they've also never played it live. Which is so weird because that song is so damn good and. 
I don't know. You never really know why certain songs don't get played live. Like I was listening to Metallica. There's some song. Fuck, I forget the name of it. One of their newer songs. It's really good. Lars said he won't play it live because it's too hard for him to play. It's like, okay, that, that'll make sense. But As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Gun, why can't you play that live? That song is so damn good. Yeah, it's so strange for me. And also, this was probably the only time, as silly as this may sound, that ACDC went like commercial for the first time. It's like... Hey, let's do a song for a new Arnold Schwarzenegger film. It's like that that's very unlike them. They like they if ACDC weren't gonna do a new song for fucking Iron Man, then they're definitely not gonna do one well for anyone else. But uh, yeah, big gun, I love it. I hope the fuck that it's on the next tour. Uh, I hope just I just wanna hear it live for the first time. But more interest than that, what did you get in there at number three? Stole my thunder, literally. The big gun from Last Action Hero soundtrack. Damn it, you stole my thunder. I love that song. I don't know why. It's one of those things. That's, it was shocking that they did that for that album. Um, but to me, it was just like, holy shit, this song fits the movie, obviously. But it's just such a good song. I'm surprised it wasn't used either on another album. I'm surprised they never played live. It's, it's weird. It's like, do they not know that's an awesome song? Or does somebody have to clue them in that it's such a great song? <laughs> Yeah, and plus, if anyone doesn't know the song Fancy's a Laugh, go check out the music video where you get to see, quite awkwardly, Arnold Schwarzenegger goose-stepping dressed up as Angus Young. <laughs> yeah. Good call, yeah. Yep. It, well, in at number three, I'm going with Touch Too Much, which is something that I'm going to do to Sasha Banks as soon as I meet her, and she'll love it, because look at me. Uh, looking at this list... I'm not even looking at this list. I have to say that for me, because I get into ACDC relatively casually, then a big fan much, much later. For me, Brian Johnson is my ACDC singer, not mm-hmm. Bon Scott or not fucking Axel Rose anyway. So uh, I'm not so much into Bon Scott as much as I am. Uh, Brian Johnson's versions of the Bon Scott era, you know, from the live albums and stuff. But it touched too much as my number three. What is your uh, opinion on that? I absolutely love that song. I used to be obsessed with it. I remember I put it on when we finally were able to create uh, CDs. You know, when you're driving your car around and, you know, in like 1999, when we first got a license, like you put on the CD. I remember Touch Too Much. It's one of the first songs I got, stole it from Napster and put it on one of my CDs. I don't know. For some reason, I just, I love that song because it has like that weird kind of slowness to it. But then it picks back up. You know, Touch Too Much. It's it's like one of those songs where it's not typical ACDC 
hard, 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 hard. It goes a little soft. It's got a little bit of a different flavor to it. I love it. But I, I love Bon Scott, but Brian Johnson's my guy too. I don't. It, I mean, it just it is what it is. They were both great, but Brian Johnson's a god. He was just so damn good. I think, and people can laugh or say it's not true. I just think he's the best uh, lead singer ever. I just love his voice. I love how he carries himself. I love just just the way he walks around stage, the way he plays. You know what I mean? Just, I, I love everything about it. I think Brian Johnson's awesome. Have, have you seen any of Brian Johnson's talk show? No, no. But I did hear a while ago. Uh, this is years ago when he was talking about how he was deaf and they kicked him out of the band because he was deaf. They literally just took all of his shit and was like, all right, you're gone. Um, but obviously, you know, they they made up since then. But it's one of those things that's like, wow, this guy is like a god, a legend. And they were like going to kick him to the curb because he can't hear because it really because of their fault. So it's like weird. Yeah, no, there's a great, it shows you how uh, talented Brian Johnson is because there's an episode where he's interviewing uh, Joe Walsh from the Eagles. Hmm. And on the yeah. spot, they're just fucking around and they write a song right then and there and it's actually really good even though they're just fucking it's like how'd you do that like you were yeah. just talking about fucking uh, cds next thing you know uh fucking you've, you've written a great song in the back of a car by the way that's uh the style council's definitive collection oh yes <laughs> but uh, another thing about touch too much this is another one of these classic songs they don't play it live and haven't played it live in decades. Yeah, nope. Infuriating. Nope. Speaking of infuriating, and I don't know why I said that, what have ye got in there at number two? So this is technically on Backtracks, and I don't know if it's anywhere else except for Bonfire. So this is an old one, very rare. I don't even know if it's on even an album or, or any anything. Backseat Confidential. It's such... <laughs> I, I love that damn song. Just it's so different for them, and like the the riff or whatever you call it, the beat. I'm not really too musically inclined, but whatever you call it, their riff. I guess that's technically the technical term. It's so much different for that song than so many other songs that you've heard from. It's like wow, is that really them? Like when you think about it, because it doesn't really kind of sound like them. But man, that song is so good. And obviously, if you listen to the lyrics too, it you get you get a little raunchy as well. But I just think like man, that song is just like out of nowhere such a random but awesome song that i love i always uh, have that on my especially like for long trips and got to stay awake or you're gonna maybe fall asleep. i always love to keep that song because it's like a different beat to it and it really gets you yeah gets you pumped up yeah because that's one of the things about bond scott that i that i do like is it you know he was living the life yeah oh yeah. so when you hear him singing about fuck rosie's big fat arse or whatever <laughs> you know that he actually was doing that and you know that this backseat confidential really was about him with another man have Just you me. ever <laughs> have you ever seen the uh, whole lot of Rosie in concert yes and it's fucking incredible isn't that insane if, if you think about it like the person who's creating that right they're like okay we need a uh, hundred foot tall fifty foot wide fat woman with her boobs hanging out Okay, got it. Like, blow it up. Got it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, holy shit. Like, just the creativeness of them is just unbelievable. Uh, would you like a spoiler for the Power Up Tour? Yes, yes. Uh, I, have a, my, I have a family member who's a concert promoter. And she gets all this insight about what's in the works and backstage uh, demands and all this thing. She had told me that, obviously, ACDC were supposed to be on tour last summer or not last oh, 
Yeah, I think that the album was supposed to come out earlier last year. For some reason, it didn't. They, and they were supposed to be on tour right now. She told me that they were going to play this giant stadium show here. And that was what was planned for the tour was a hologram, Rosie. Oh, okay. Because, and I think that would be amazing because they could make it because it's any size they want, like a hundred foot tall fucking Rosie. Well, Brian Johnson's going, <laughs> his, his voice is the best. See, their production value at, at like concerts and stuff, besides Kiss, I've never seen anybody even come close to as good as their production value. From the train going through, from Hell's Bells, where the actual bell comes down, to the little walkway for Angus to go play and then, you know, go get yeah, lifted up and all this other stuff. And then he comes back and then they have the actual physical cannons and guns for those about to rock i mean their uh, production value is just insane especially live so it's like you're gonna hear a great show but you're gonna see a great show, yeah. show too you're gonna remember going deaf yep yes but uh, <laughs> speaking of production volume we've mentioned this song a few times and at number two i'm going with rock and roll train uh, nice. i th- yes. i think that the the problem this song has in the quotations is that it's uh, a modern song so nobody's ever going to say oh that's one of the fucking best ever uh, I think that it's got more melody than, than the ACDC songs used to and the, the other thing that I love about it is I thought that a uh, stiff upper lip was quite uh, average uh, I wasn't really high on ball breaker so for me this had been a long time since there'd been a new ACDC song where I was like Fuck yes, let's go! And then Rock and Roll Train comes out, and it's like, wow! And it's the one that really, as silly as it sounds, it's the one that really converted me a hundred percent into uh, ACDC fandom. Uh, what's your take on Rock and Roll Train? And especially after seeing it in a concert, I think I went three times that year, and I'm pissed because my brother saw them four times one year. Couldn't go Fucker. to MSG. That motherfucker. MSG, I think the ticket was like $200 a head or something, and I had I was doing something else, but damn it, I'm still pissed that I couldn't go to that one, but he basically went four times a year, and it was literally the same exact thing. The train, <laughs> I was like, damn it, I want to see it again and again and again. So good. Love that song, and I love that album. Triple H almost ruined the War Machine song that's on that album for me by um, using it. I don't know if you remember, I think it was WrestleMania 25. They brought back that song and used it as like a tribute video for him. I was like, holy shit, get this, get that visual out of my head. This guy is going to ruin this song for me. Thank God, years later, I'm over it. But that that song is awesome. Uh, that album is awesome. I, just, I love it. And um, Stiff Upper Lip, just to bring that up, I like that album. Great song, Safe in New York City. I don't know if you uh, remember yeah. that. Yes. That one's good, but I don't know. The, the one thing I do love about ACDC is that no matter how big they get, like their music videos don't improve. Like <laughs> Rock and Roll Train's music video has less production value than this Zoom call here. <laughs> like, it's funny. Uh, they put so much money and effort into the physical. Like when you see them live, the physical show, they put no effort into their music videos. They could fucking care less yeah. about music videos. Yeah. Like the, there's a music video for the, uh, a song called "Play Ball," yes, on yes. from the the Rock or Bust album, and I've seen fucking more impressive Snapchat filters. You know, it's funny. TBS did a bit better video than they've done. Did you ever see that leading into the playoffs? They literally took "Play Ball" 
and they would, you know, it's like Ron Darling like, let's play ball, and they'll play that, yeah. but they'll show baseball clips. Like, wow, okay, they made a better video than this. And years ago, during the Subway Series, when the Yankees played the Mets, they had a safe in New York City video Fox. Like before the before the uh, you know the game came on, they played safe in New York City, and they did a really good video. You know, Clemens drilling Piazza. They did all this cool stuff with that song. I was like, how come ACDC can't like do something creative with the songs? These baseball uh, people can edit these awesome videos together. And, and just one final note on the rock and roll twin on their most recent live album, which of course came out about fucking seventy five years ago. Uh, Rock and roll trains the opening song, and that the and the, that crowd, I think it's in Argentina or Italy, uh, I don't know what's the difference. Uh, that crowd is insane, and at the end of the performance, Brian Johnson basically says hello in their language, and he goes, "Excuse me, uh, we don't speak Spanish very well, but we speak rock and roll pretty good. Let's go!" Uh, and the <laughs> fucking stadium just goes. Yeah! <laughs> And even when you listen, I always listen to that when I go running, and you think, "Come on, you fucking bastards!" White part. Oh well, maybe not that part, but uh, the the other the other part, you think, "Let's get fucking pumped." That's literally what ACDC does. Like it gets you ready for your workout or whatever. Sometimes it's bad because you're listening to it, and you, you know you might get some road rage or something because you get so damn excited. <laughs> like, yeah, fuck yeah, man, this guy is awesome. Hell yeah! Like you literally like live through the guy. He's so I don't know. He's so like uplifting. It's almost like yeah, fuck yeah. He he may be like five foot six, but fuck yeah, he's he's a monster. He's the top of the world. Yeah, let's go, man. It's, it's, I don't know. He's he's awesome. I love him. So good. Such a good front man. Well, speaking of front, we're now at the front of your list. And John Paz, what would you say is the number one ACDC song of all time? This is almost like a little bit of a shocker, uh, probably even for me a little bit, but it's my favorite song and maybe not be the best. I guarantee you hardly anybody's heard of it. From Flick of the Switch, which is not a very well-talked-about album. I love Flick of the Switch. Nervous Shakedown. Love that song. Wow. So I'm going huge shocker. I, I didn't do Dirty Deeds, which... Uh, which I absolutely love. Me and my buddy used to, when we used to prank and break mailboxes and throw eggs at people's houses, we used to blast dirty deeds to get us ready and go destroy, you know, people's property and stuff, like they did in the movie Dirty Work. I don't know if you've, you've seen that with Norm MacDonald and Artie Lang. So very, very much like that. Hey, dirty deeds. Hey, I want it on the soundtrack there. <laughs> did you know, and this was confirmed by Artie Lang, that those L. McPherson rumors were true? Really? Yeah, Norm MacDonald dated L. McPherson in the later 90s while she was making the Batman film, uh, Batman and Robin. She was wow. seeing Norm MacDonald, and it's like, uh, so she's just trying to act like, oh, George Clooney, George Clooney, but in real life, she's like, hey, you like this, you like that, huh? huh? <laughs> and he broke up with her. Can you just wow. imagine, imagine that this wow. fucking Norm, yeah, Norm Macdonald would be like, eh, I deserve more, you know? Like this guy, mm-hmm. he's probably going to cut me out of gold. Yeah. You realize that Norm to OJ is you to John Wangland? Do you realize that? That's like the same thing? You, you Your jokes is like Norm with OJ jokes? <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, uh, only uh, OJ was a nice guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, flick of the switch. Uh, it, it's not for me, and the album cover. I still can't believe that was allowed. It's very lazy. Yeah, 
Yeah, like it's fucking horrible. And even even if when you see stuff on vinyl, and you look at like Razor's Edge or Back in Black or Highway to Hell, you look at the covers and you go, "Fuck yes!" Like even Stiff Upper Lip, which isn't a, one of my favorites, the album cover, you go, "Holy shit!" But flicking the switch looks like some kid fucking drew on your album cover. That's what I was thinking it was. Maybe they one of their kids drew it or something. Shite. In at number one, the uh, moment you can't wait for. It's one of the more obvious ones, but it's got to be a whole lot of Rosie. Great song. Uh, I don't know. This is one of the very rare songs that that's completely unplayable. I have heard this. How many times has played in my thing? 371 times. Holy moly. Yeah, and I'm going to play it again and again. Uh, it's just, especially the live versions, when it goes, no, wait a minute. They go, you just think, fuck yes. And I remember going to see them at Viva Stadium in Dublin, and there was about eight of us. And let's just say I was uh, drinking and uh, I was fucking out of it. And just the idea, it's like I'm watching ACDC playing one of my favorite songs ever. And it's kicking fucking arse. It's the classic lineup. Well, not really. But Brian Johnson. And he's just doing his wee dance. And Brian's, or uh, Angus is fucking w- wilding away. Whatever the fuck. They're, they're rocking away. I don't know. I'm fucking out of it. Uh it just blew my mind. I love at the live version too. They'll do that that sequence a little bit longer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then then the real because they can't like get you into it because you're like oh oh like you like kind of like building you up for it. Like they'll go back and forth a little bit and then they'll play it. So I was like, oh, it's awesome. They like literally make the song like thirty seconds, forty five seconds longer because they're going back and forth. But that part's awesome because it kind of gets you really into it. Like, and they're like you're like getting excited getting excited and then they nail it and then that fucking big blow up doll comes up that's awesome uh, do you listen to the uh, live versions more than the studio versions no it's probably not the same but I definitely I, I try to listen to both I love the live versions too because I don't know I love the like you know like the crowd reaction stuff like River Plate that, that album or whatever that CD whatever you want to call it where the, it was that, that huge uh, that gigantic show that they had I love kind of going back and listening to that but like the, the, literally their live version that you know the, the double disco that they had from the 90s that, that's basically a greatest hits album it, it's awesome I just I used to li- listen to that and I still do over and over and over they're one of the very few bands that sound just the same or if not better live than in the studio most bands that I've listened to aren't that good live and yeah. are better in the studio they're, they're weird they're almost reverse or equal because uh, they're just so damn good it's like wow man they really must be that talented they're not being manipulated in the studio at all uh, do you think the par up may be the final album i heard that it was but i'm hoping that it's not true because like they said like brian johnson was gone and, and like they weren't going to do another album and he's now he's back and has another album so i'm hoping that they do one it seems like you're right like every couple of years they for whatever reason, just another one pops up, you know, like Black Ice and, and Rocker Bust and Power Up. So it seems like hopefully it, it won't be the last. I'm, I'm praying it won't be the last. Because I don't can't really get into new music, but if they have new music, I'm immediately downloading it on my phone. So I hope it's not over for them. Yeah, because one of the other uh, tour spoilers that I was told was that 
as the tour was meant to start last year, uh, it was going to be a par. Well, not it was going to be a new tour with the new album, plus the Back in Black anniversary. Oh, and okay. the plan was or is to play Black and Back in full, some of the new highlights, and then the classics like Thunderstruck and the Highway to Hell and fucking Let There Be Rock and stuff. Which to me, that's the perfect way to go out if that if this is the final tour, like the greatest rock hard rock ever. That would be awesome. I, I love Back in Black too. I mean, that's probably my favorite album. If you go ball, I would go Ball Breaker. If it was like uh, maybe a little bit more unknown, like favorite album. But man, that album is so damn good. It's so so awesome. But it would be kind of the perfect way. I guess it would really be the forty first anniversary of Back in Black, right? <laughs> Technically, yeah. I guess last year was supposed to be the fortieth anniversary, and that got all screwed up due to the COVID and the pandemic. But yeah, that would be awesome. I would love that. I love that whole album. Yeah, sadly, it's likely going to be the 42nd anniversary before we get to see it. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah, because I was just talking to somebody yesterday about this. I have Rage Against the Machine tickets for August of 2021. That Now that's in jeopardy? Like, what the hell? I thought we were going to be in the clear. Now that's even, I'm worried about it. So that means ACDC is going to be a year older. And, you know, yeah. maybe they're looking towards retirement, which would suck. It does suck. But uh, what doesn't suck is the Black and Black album, which just looking at the list. None of us picked one song from Back in Black. Which is insane, because I would probably say it's the best album. <laughs> it's yeah, maybe. it's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. I didn't want to go too generic, though, because obviously Back in Black is awesome. You know what I mean? They, that might be too obvious. Um, what Do You Do For Money, Honey is is awesome as hell. Yeah. Um, obviously, a lot of people don't know that, but that's kind of underrated. Sin City is awesome. So that album, there's a bunch of good stuff on there that I love. But uh, yeah, I'm surprised we didn't go a little generic and pick one of them. Well, I'm sure if we do this again, we'll generic the tits clean off it. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug for these pathetic losers, especially Mike Durband, who will be listening to this, uh, shaking his head the whole time? What is his problem? Why is he doing Scum. It? He did make a good point, and I was laughing about this because I'm trying to catch up on uh, Get My Go. Mike Durban made a great point, and I said this to Joe Feeney, and Feeney said, I know, it's like so obvious. How could you have a watch-along and the watch-along be shorter than the show you're watching. Yeah. How is that possible? Because <laughs> he doesn't even know what a watch-along is. Like, he doesn't understand. Uh, this, this is what... Uh, I'll be here all day. I hate him. <laughs> uh, hey, and I said this to uh, Vini. I would love to interview this guy. I just have so many questions for him. Um, but Joe, oh, no, you don't want to do that. Oh, no, no. Joe's trying, Joe is against it. Rad Rob is all for it. He said, yeah, I, I would like you to interview him. I don't know. I don't know what your take on it, but Joe Feeney was 100% against it. Uh, I would say do it, but uh, you're going to learn nothing from him. He's going to lie <laughs> to you. He's going to spin. He's not even going to admit to being called John Wangland. He's like, no, man, no, no, that's just a rumor. Uh, they, they made it up about me. Yeah, they're all bullies and liars. Here's the other thing I have to laugh at. This guy actually was in the military. He was in. He was at war in fucking Iran or Iraq, like he's seen some shit. Yet the thing that's stressing him out is us making fun of his wrestling reviews. People actually blew up. Uh, people tried to blow him up and kill him. But what the the thing that's driving him nuts is the fact that we don't like his fucking AEW <laughs> talk. It's unbelievable. Hey, and I messaged Feeney this before, and you could tell Feeney this. I was listening to Get My Go 34. John Wangland put me over, right? Mm. Guess guess who never puts me over? 
Joe Feeney. So, hey, just mm. think about that. Think about that. Yeah, put that in the back of your mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah that scumbag Feeney. Yep. But uh, what plugs have you got? Oh, I'm sorry. We were totally going off track here. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out my website, tmptempire.com. I got so many shows. Check me out also on the Russo brand as well. I got my new John Paz Versus series, uh, which my interview series, which, by the way, I got to tell you, you got you have to come on that very, very soon. Absolutely. Uh, uh, what else do I got? Uh, PJ, Just Incredible, Pro Wrestling 101, Taskmaster Talks with Kevin Sullivan, University of Dutch with Dutch Mantel, uh, Dr. Tom, taking you to school. Then I got my own two-man power trip interviews that I do each and every week. Coming up is Ted Arcidi. The next week, I believe, will be Dr. D. David Schultz again, which is awesome. So I got a bunch of cool stuff uh, coming up there. Also, Talking Tough with Rick Bassman is out there as well. So I got a lot of stuff. And, and Business of the Business with Lavi Margolin. So I got a lot of stuff uh, coming up. I got some more ideas coming down the pike as well. So uh, hopefully everybody can uh, tune into that. Two-man power trip, Russo brand, and all that happy, fun stuff. And just to tie into the intro, once the PlayStation 5s and stuff are actually released, maybe we can all have a old-school video game tournament show. I used to love No Mercy. I don't know if you remember that game from Nintendo 64. Mm. The Royal Rumble was the best. You never oh. knew who was coming in. They'd zoom in real close, and the guy would be running out to the ring. I was awesome. That was the... And WCW versus the world. Yeah, and Revenge. Mm. Revenge actually might be better, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. But listen, John, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Hopefully, when all this shit's over, we'll all be at uh, ACDC shows enjoying the going deaf together. Uh, it's going to be great. And uh, stay safe, take care, and finally, uh, clean your arse. <laughs> He's shaking his head, no, he's refusing to clean his arse. Okay, thank you, John. And do not forget to check me out on his podcast, which will be coming very, very soon. And I think the video version will be on Vince Russo's YouTube unless I'm wrong, which I usually am, because there's something wrong with me. This will be the last podcast of January. We will be back in February, funnily enough, because that's the month that follows February, with two more interviews at least. There may be another music debate. We'll see. Maybe there won't be, but I will be back in February already. I'm I'm trying to book out uh, March and April. And if that's not good enough for you, tough. You've already listened to the podcast. I don't give a shit. So thank you for listening. And it's Susie. Bye-bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.